But it's awesome to see you here, and uh, this is a special weekend for us called Imagine Weekend. It's a weekend we've set aside to help you, to help us imagine what it would look like to see our mission and vision as a church take flight, especially right here in 2016. So will you imagine with us today? Because as we imagine, everything we're talking about is based on our mission as a church. It, our mission is this, engaging people to live and serve like Jesus. It was a mission that was established before I even arrived here some two years ago. And I love our mission statement because it's really rooted in Matthew 4.19. And in Matthew 4.19, Jesus, he issued this call to, to people. He says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And within this short statement, this, the short call that Christ made, we find the three key statements within our mission statement. Engage, live, and serve. You're going to come to see this. Jesus says, come follow me. Another way to say that is, come engage with me. And how did Jesus engage people with himself? Well, through the big events. We see over and over in the Gospels that he would sit or stand on a hillside. And thousands of people would come to hear him. And it was there that he would teach them what a disciple looked like. What a life that honored God looked like. It was through these big events. That's how he engaged people with him and with God. And that's why we look at Engage in the same way. We think this is about our big event, the weekend service. In fact, we define Engage in the following way. Through intentional hospitality, we invite people into our community, identify their needs, and connect them with Jesus to take the next steps in their spiritual journey. And so the engagement process, if you will, starts long before someone even comes here. Uh, they visit us on our website. In fact, I've, I've talked to several people here today already who saw us first on the website. And then they come on our campus. They park somewhere in our parking lot. They enter our doors. They attend a service. Then they go home. Well, what does that process look like for us to engage them not only with the church here, but, of course, with Jesus Christ? It's, it's paramount. And so as we talk about engage, live, serve here today, you're going to hear from various leaders, all of whom oversee each one of these initiatives. And so I want you to imagine with me what it looks like for us to engage people with Jesus right here at MCC. And in that light, I want to invite David Ebensberger. He oversees the engage process here. Let's welcome him here and thank him for his leadership. Good morning. As your pastor of arts and assimilation, I'm excited to have an opportunity to share at least some of our plans for 2016 and beyond. And though there are many wonderful things happening on the arts side of things, I'm going to focus our attention here for the next few minutes on the area of assimilation. And first, let me clarify just what that is. I'm often asked, what is assimilation? Well, assimilation is the process by which we bring a first-time guest here on through to a fully integrated and devoted member of MCC. And of course, this involves everything that Phil just mentioned, from their first sight and first impression of us at our website, to our countless volunteers throughout the campus who make people feel welcome, to helping them connect to community within groups, helping them find a purpose here through a place of service, and ultimately membership. All of our engaged initiatives flow from one of MCC's strategic values, creating spirit-driven community. Living out the truth that all believers are one in Christ by encouraging people to become involved 
in authentic, selfless accountability relationships with each other so that the world will see Christ's love. There are many ways that we can demonstrate Christ's love to the people around us. Uh, Every Sunday morning, the Spirit of God prompts thousands of people to visit a new church, to venture in for the very first time. God is consistently drawing people to himself and then blessing his church with new folks, new faces. And the question we're asking ourselves, and I'm asking you this morning is what are we doing to respond to God's blessing here at MCC with new people? In hopes of answering that question, I want to share something with you this morning. I have a copy of a letter that someone wrote about their experience as they visited a church for the first time, the impact that it had on them and their family. Uh, it is a bit lengthy, so please hang in there with me. Pay close attention to all these details, and uh, I think it will be worth it in the end. So let me share this with you now. And dear Pastor, I hope this email finds you doing well. As I have shared with you before, the church has had an incredible impact on the life of my family. On more than one occasion, you have encouraged me to document our experience in hopes that our story might be an encouragement to others. So here goes. My name is Kenneth Nolan, and a year ago I moved here for a job while my wife Lauren and our three children remained in Charlotte, North Carolina for six months to finish the school year. I moved into what would become our our family home and dove into my new job. I first became aware of the church when passing it each day on my way to work. To be honest, at the time, I had no interest in church whatsoever, which had kind of been a source of tension throughout my marriage. My wife, Lauren, was raised in church and desired very much to be a part of one, but I was never open to it. Interestingly, though, as I passed the church each day, I began to take note of things communicated on the roadside sign. I found them very thought-provoking and, dare I say, inviting, but I thought it was just the loneliness talking. Things became even more interesting several weeks later when one of my co-workers, Thomas, told me that he attended there and shared with me how much the church had meant to he and his family through the years. For the next couple of months, I continued trying to adjust to the challenges of my new job while making trips back and forth to see my family. Our kids were experiencing a great deal of sickness at the time, and Lauren was struggling to deal with it all. This was a very challenging time for us. Thomas and his family rallied around me as if they'd known me their whole life. They were committed to praying for me and said that a small group of people from the church would be praying for me as well. He invited me to visit the group, but I was unavailable, which really meant that I just wasn't ready. Thomas was patient, though, and after a few months of steady, open invitation, reluctantly, I agreed to stop by his small group gathering, and it was incredible. These people knew my situation and had been praying for me and my family. They genuinely cared about me before they'd even met me, and this was a pivotal moment for me. About a month later, summer finally arrived and my family joined me here. Having communicated to my wife about my experiences with Thomas and his group from the church, you can only imagine what she was thinking upon arrival. Let's all go to church. And to my own disbelief, I agreed. We jumped online to check out the website. We watched a video that showed us what to expect, which was not at all what I was expecting. I was pleasantly surprised. The only churches I had ever been in seemed like relics from days gone by. But this was different. 
and I was excited. So, Sunday morning finally arrived. We all jumped in the car and began making our way to church. This time, unlike every other time, upon approaching the church, I actually turned in. We parked the car, and we were quickly greeted by a nice man named Steve. We told him we were visiting for the first time, and he walked us all the way into the church, connected us with Melissa, who brought us to the children's ministry area. We were blown away by all they had done to make kids feel loved and valued. Now it was off to the service. And little did we know that by walking into that service that morning, we would be walking into a whole new life. The music was incredible. The atmosphere, wow. I remember standing in the midst of everyone that day a bit uncomfortable, but convinced that I was supposed to be there. To see and hear everyone so engaged in singing, praying, and worshiping really moved both of us deeply. We sat down to hear the pastor preach and were so encouraged by what he had to say and yet very challenged at the same time. After the service, we went to an area called guest services, received a gift and lots of information about the church, and then on to an area where we actually met the pastor. He was so attentive and genuinely interested in us. We picked up our kids and headed out. It had been an amazing morning for sure. The very next day, to our surprise, we received an email thanking us for coming making us aware of other opportunities and ways to connect with the church. Later that week, we received a a letter in the mail from the pastor. We visited a second time and decided to attend an open house luncheon at the pastor's home, where we met many other new people like ourselves, staff, and leaders from the church. We were consistently encouraged to join a small group, and this was a no-brainer. We joined the group that Thomas led, and we've been going ever since. We were also made aware of an online opportunity for volunteers where we could find out where people with our gifts and abilities could help serve in the church. Remembering how much it meant to us that first day when we were greeted in the parking lot, Lauren and I decided to serve as greeters as well, and we have an opportunity to greet others every weekend now. After a few months of regularly attending, we had an unforgettable Sunday. As the service came to a close, the pastor challenged the congregation concerning the next steps on their spiritual journey. I was really overwhelmed with all that had happened over the past year and was feeling such a great sense of thankfulness to God. The pastor led a prayer for those who had yet to come to Christ and receive the gift of salvation. Lauren and I snuck open our eyes slightly, looked toward each other, nodded, and squeezed hands together tightly and both accepted Christ as our Savior that morning. Needless to say, our lives have never been the same. God has used you in a huge way to change the course of my family forever. Thank you for living out your mission statement with such conviction. Keep engaging that we might live and serve like Jesus. Sincerely, Kenneth. Did the end of that sound familiar to you? Keep engaging that we might live and serve like Jesus. Well, that's our mission statement. And I have to confess, I've I've tricked you just a little bit this morning. This is an email, this is a letter from the future addressed to Pastor Phil and Montgomery Community Church that explains, that gives you a vivid picture of what we see in the future here. I I want you to imagine yourself being part of a story like this. Being placed somewhere along the path of a family like Kenneth and Lauren. Can you imagine being positioned in such a way that you could affect a person, a family, or even generations 
for eternity. Well, we're inviting you into just that. We need you. We invite you in. I hope you'll join us. We're trying to create an irresistible atmosphere of hospitality around here. So please join us. There are great days ahead for MCC. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you. Another way to say this, I'm going to teach you how to live. I'm going to teach you how to live like me. That was the call that Jesus was issuing to them and to us. Engage, live. And here at MCC, we define live in the following way. Through understanding and obedience to God and the scriptures, we seek daily to be transformed by Jesus as we follow him together. Together. That's a key word in that statement. Because so many times Christians think, you know, my faith is a lone ranger thing. It's me and Jesus. And no, what we see in the Bible is no, it's, it's us together as a community growing in order that we might live like Jesus. So we asked ourselves as leadership team and, and others over the past year, how can we help people? How can we help adults here to live like Christ in community? We said, you know what? We've got to step up our game regarding groups. And so we planned, and in January, we launched four different types of groups. We launched our grow groups. And these are groups, of course, that mostly meet in homes all around the city. Smaller settings, of course, where people can get to know each other, uh, gather around his word, serve together. We have life stage groups. These are groups designed to help people grow in every stage of life, whether they're single, premarital, marriage, parenting, empty nesters. And then we have our care groups. We offer these groups because studies show that it is really difficult for anyone to grow spiritually if they're struggling emotionally. If they've lost somebody in their life that's important to them. If they're struggling financially in their marriage or relationally with each other. We offer these care groups. And then we have our go groups. These groups have been set aside to help us serve in community together so that we might impact those within our three mile radius. These groups are essential. In fact, I want to encourage you to not just check them out, but get a group's guide back at our Welcome Center and check out all the the possibilities that are there and then dive into one. Because we believe if we're going to live like Christ, we have to be in a group. I want to encourage you to join a group. In fact, our group strategy is based on one of our strategic values. It's called deepening our personal relationship with Christ. And we define it this way. Encouraging every individual to own their spiritual growth by studying and reflecting on Scripture, developing an active prayer life, and serving others. So you're going to be doing all those things in the context of a group. They're going to help you to live like Christ. But now I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine what it would look like for our children to live like Christ. What it would look like for our students to live like Christ, for families to live like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What did that look like? Well, Daniel McKee is here today. He's our next-gen pastor. He's going to help us to imagine that. So let's welcome Daniel here and thank him for his leadership. Thanks, Phil. All right. Well, there's a simple question we have to start with. Where does the next generation learn to live and serve like Jesus? There's two places. One is the church. We bring them to church and they learn how to live like Jesus. But where's the other place? What's the other primary place they learn? Home. Exactly right. 
And actually, there is a statistic that has deeply impacted us as we looked at this reality of church and home. It's 1 over 168. You see, we usually have a child or a student for about one hour a week. You have 168 hours with them. And so in the midst of that, we are at best, to some degree, a commercial in your child or student's life. You are the full-length picture. You are the one that they're learning what it means to live like Jesus. They are modeling their spiritual life after what they see in you because the majority of discipleship is caught, not taught, and they need to see it in your life. And so we realize that our best vision or strategic value we could have is, number one, equipping parents to lead. This is where our role is training and encouraging parents to understand and fulfill their leadership role in building families in which love for Christ and obedience to God's word are their core values. We want to help set you up, equip you, make it easy and make it likely that you would be having spiritual conversations in your home. And and the goal is that we would be teaching the next generation sustainable faith. And this is where we are complementing the role of parents by providing children and students opportunities and experiences to develop a permanent faith that is an unshakable witness, grounded in God's word as their ultimate authority in all matters. You see, we get to complement what you're doing by coming alongside and having incredible experiences like spring retreat next weekend. Which, by the way, the deadline to sign up is today, so please do that. Um, We are going to have around 200 students for a weekend getting to dive into God's Word and worship and have an amazing experience together. I doubt you were planning on having that at your house next weekend. Um, And then this summer, we have VBS. We're going to have like 500 people in here going crazy learning about Jesus. Again, probably not happening in your backyard this summer. So we get to come alongside and compliment what you're doing. Also by having small group leaders and other adults in your life reinforcing the things that you're already saying. Well, this summer I stepped into the role as next gen pastor and it has been such a cool journey so far. We have incredible leaders with early childhood, elementary, junior high, and there's a senior guy, I hate senior high guy too. Um, but uh, it's been a privilege to gather, to be brought to a supernatural unity um, with a curriculum that we're starting to implement from birth through 18. And one of the primary goals of this curriculum is to set you up as the spiritual hero. That is not about us, but we want to equip you to be able to take the spiritual leadership role. And so I want to tell you a little bit more about that with a quick video um, about Homefront.
I think Homefront's going to give us a really cool opportunity. There's two parts to this strategy. One is a monthly strategy. You will be getting a magazine emailed out to you. We're so invested in this that we're offering it for free to everybody in our church. You're going to be getting an email with a PDF of all these opportunities of recipes and family ideas and things that you get to do to have spiritual conversations and moments together as a family. It's got some incredible stuff. This next month has some really fun things for Easter. Um, And then it's also a weekly strategy where each week you're going to be given a home front weekly. As you pick up your kid, one of the things that we wanted to switch and flip the script on a little bit is we didn't want you to pick up your kid and say, hey, what'd you talk about at church today? Because that's the traditional way that it goes. Instead, we want to set you up as the spiritual hero. So we're sending home a pre-teach. This is where you're talking about it throughout the week and you're having that conversation. Then when they come to church, we're just reinforcing what you're already saying. And your kids come to church and go, whoa, my parents are smart. They already knew the lesson. And so we want, again, to help you take the leadership role, knowing that your role is the primary one. And we just get to come alongside you. So that's home front. But there's another project that's coming up in the fall that I am so excited about. I can't um, encourage you enough to just get excited and to be ready for families to be able to be resourced. We have a thing called Home Life. Uh, It's it's a resource center that's going to be launched in the fall along with a sermon series that we're going to be doing to help target and resource families. And so we have a couple renderings of a possibility of what these might look like. We want it to feel like home. And so you see kind of the front area, it looks like the fireplace because that's where we're going to put it. And so you can see the Home Life Center and then you walk in and inside there's all these resource cards that meet you at whatever stage of life that you're in. Because here's what I know, every stage has its own joys and challenges. You're right now going through some challenges in this stage that you really don't know how to deal with because this is the first time you've ever been in this stage, right? And so we want to come alongside you with some wisdom. There's going to be cards for how to do single life well, how to do married life well. What if you're facing infertility or what if you just had a new baby or how do you discipline young children or deal with a troubled teen? How um, do you be intentional as a grandparent and pass on a legacy of faith? Well, there's going to be A lifeline is what these are called, a lifeline card for every one of those stages of life to help you thrive. Not only are we going to get to resource you and help you do that, but we're going to have resources that you can pass on to other people and help them get engaged with growing at this stage of life. We're going to have recipe cards for date nights for you. There's going to be so much cool stuff going on in the in the Home Life Center. And then um, there's also going to be a thing called Faith Path. And for your child, as they grow up, every year, you're going to get a new packet of what to focus on in that year of your child's life for a milestone in their spiritual development to help them take the next step. So all I can say is get ready. Because I think the vision of MCC will be realized through these strategies. I just want to remind you, our vision statement is MCC is an authentic community where families are being transformed and equipped by the Holy Spirit to draw those we encounter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want you to imagine every family equipped to have spiritual conversations, 
Imagine a generation totally transformed by being led and discipled by their parents and seeing what it really means to follow Jesus. Imagine the next generation taking the great commission up and and advancing the kingdom of God in the next generation. Imagine you taking the lead role and feeling like I can do this with my kids. God has incredible stuff in store for the families of MCC. So get excited about what's to come. All right. Exciting stuff. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What's a fisher of men? Well, somebody who serves like Christ. Jesus said, I'm going to teach you how to serve like me. And how did Jesus serve? Well, through word and through action. That's why we define serve in the following way. Through selfless action, we bless people by word and deed, so lives are transformed by Christ. And so when it comes to serving people here at MCC, there's two fronts I want you to think about. And I want you to think about globally, and Chuck Peckham is going to come in just a few moments and share with us how we're serving people globally and how you can take part in that. And then I want you to think about how we serve people locally. What does it look like for us? What does it look like for you to share Christ with what you're doing, how you're serving people with your hands, but also how you're serving them with what you say? And so I want you to imagine what that would look like. And to help us with that, let's, let's invite Jeff Spencer here, our local outreach pastor, to tell us about what we're going to be doing, what you're going to be taking part in as we serve people in our community. Let's thank Jeff for his leadership. Absolutely. Well, this morning, I want to, as your local outreach pastor, remind you that if you're a believer in Christ, if you're a Christian, you're a missionary. I don't know if you've ever thought of that that way. Well, Jeff, aren't missionaries the one that go overseas? Well, missionaries are ones who serve where God has called them. Jesus gave us his famous last uh, words and charge to the church. He said that all authority in heaven has been given uh, unto me. And now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right? Go. That means literally as you go. But he also said these words right here in John. He said again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. Uh, The word mission or being on mission has been very popular the last couple of years. But the word actually means from the Latin sent ones or, or, or ones who have been sent. And that's what Jesus has called us to do. He has called us with a special task to reach the lost. Remember Jesus said that his will was to do with the will of the Father, to seek and to save the lost. When we talk about values at MCC, we define this especially as living out Christ's missions with these words here. So how do we do that? What would this look like practically? What well, says centering our centering on every aspect of our individual and corporate lives, on the truth that we are sent by Christ, we're missionaries, empowered by the Holy Spirit to reach and save the lost in order to make disciples. I want to focus on just that last portion right there. To reach and save the lost. You see, we have to actually see people who are without Christ as their Savior as lost. Because the moment that we die, we face eternity. 
the way I heard the gospel was when I was uh, 13 years old uh, in Virginia. We had a film strip series at the church and went through several weeks of the life of Christ. So I got to, to hear the story of the gospel, you know, why Jesus came and why he died and why he rose again and his invitation to me. And so I, at that end of the, the series, I received Christ as my savior. And I was so excited that I told my first family member who was close to me, my sister Kim, she heard the message and that week she came to Christ. And that was 1981. Let's uh, fast forward to uh, just a couple weeks ago. I get a call uh, from the hospital in Florida that Kim had collapsed at age 58 in her apartment. And she reaches the hospital to find out the next day that she literally is dying of cancer. And she has a few days to live. God opened up an opportunity on that Saturday for me to talk to her for five minutes. I first told her I loved her and I made her laugh a little bit about reminding her of, of, of our, of our just past relationships of what we've done. And then I asked her the important question. I said, Kim, are you ready to meet Jesus? Do you know for certain that you're saved? And she said, Jeff, I am trusting in Christ alone for my salvation. We later to rest Friday and uh, yesterday I had the memorial service and I was able to share to those folks there that same story, how I came to Christ, how Kim came to Christ. And on the very last day uh, that I was able to talk with her, she knew that the moment she died, she would step into eternity. And I sobered the folks up there to say, we don't know when our last breath is, but we need to make sure that people know about Jesus, about the gospel. So how do we do that? How do we learn to, to share the faith? It's estimated that only about 2% of Christians actively share their faith. You know, that, that's a staggering number. And there's many reasons why we, we struggle to share our faith. It's sometimes fear, sometimes other things. But I'm excited to let you know in 2016 what that will look like. I want you to imagine with me. Everyone in our church, starting next weekend, is going to learn for four weeks how to tell the story of the gospel. The great story of God, the story of the fall, the story of of redemption, of Christ our rescue, and then the future, the restoration. I want you to imagine confidently being in a situation where you can... You can ask the person, hey, can I, can I take a moment to share a, the story that changed my life? And to be able to, to put it in your own words. And I want you to imagine uh, a Easter Sunday, which will conclude on Easter Sunday, where we're going to have a service like no other. I'm so excited about this. We're getting uh, it to be set up to be one that you can experience visually and with words and with testimonies. And it's going to be one like no other that I want you to start thinking about who you're going to invite. I want you to start praying about who are my lost neighbors, who are my lost friends, my family members, my coworkers. And because, again, you're a missionary sent to, to make a difference where you live, where you work, and where you play. So I want you to pray about that and really invite them for this Easter Sunday so they can hear the life-changing message of the gospel. I also want you to imagine uh, this spring, specifically on May 14th, 
a church serving opportunity where all of us can at the, the same Saturday come together and come here to, to start out in prayer and, and a little bit of worship and a little bit of instruction and then go out and make a difference in our three mile radius. Not only serving their, their physical needs, but being equipped to share the gospel. Can you imagine the impact that can de- make in one day? And can you imagine in the fall us doing the same thing in a little bit different way where we, we are reaching our community with the, the hands of Christ and also the words of the gospel? And finally, if you can imagine with me, go groups, everyone in here somehow being uh, involved in serving through a go group. We have all, all types of opportunities to serve, but ways that you can tangibly make a difference by opening up people's hearts by serving and also being confident to share the gospel. Can you imagine if you start serving and it becomes so part of your lifestyle and your DNA that your kids and your grandkids say, I want to join you. I want to be part of that. I want to learn how to serve. And you're passing that value on to the next generation. Uh, There was a missionary uh, who said, Uh, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. I praise God for this upcoming year. Let's just do it for the glory of God in Jesus' name. So thanks. So Jeff talked to us about one of the values of MCC, which is living out Christ's mission. We want to not only do that on a local basis, but we also want to do that globally. So imagine if MCC impacted orphans around the world. If we brought them up out of poverty, if we helped them by providing education, if we gave them a sustainable relationship through Jesus Christ. Imagine MCC boldly speaking the gospel truth to Muslims and Hindus around the world and winning them for Christ. We have been impacting the world in these ways through existing partnerships and through some of the partnerships that we are exploring. Back to Back Ministries is one of our partners, and they serve orphans around the world. They have three sites in Mexico. They're in Nigeria. They're in Haiti. They're in India, and they're going into the Dominican Republic. Back to Back provides all kinds of care to meet the spiritual needs, the physical, educational, emotional, and social needs of the kids they serve. They are also one of our partners that we do mission trips with. And I want you to know and I want you to pray for the mission trips that are going to be going out this summer. We have about 135 people from MCC that will be going to four different countries with four different partner ministries to do missions around the world. And we're very excited for the impact that they will have. Another ministry that we work with is Call of Love Ministry. Call of Love reaches Muslims for Christ. And I got this email from them a couple weeks ago, and I want to read it to you. Please pray now for Ahmad from Saudi Arabia. Today, he was trying to fly to the U.S., but was captured by his family in a Gulf country. They found out that he was a Christ follower. Ahmad had accepted Christ over the phone with Mike in October of 2015 after watching our TV program, Dare to Love Muslims. We brought him to our area so he could receive discipleship and be among believers. 
Ahmad had to leave the U.S. so he could update his student visa. He was visiting a Gulf country when he saw his mom, and he thought he was seeing her for the last time before she found out that his faith had come to Christ. Last night while he was asleep, Ahmad's mother discovered from his cell phone that he had left Islam and became a follower of Jesus. She contacted some of their family from Saudi Arabia who arrived just hours before he was supposed to go to the airport. Ahmad secretly texted Mike saying, They grabbed me and beat me fiercely. They threw me in my hotel room. They will not let me leave until I agree to go back to Saudi Arabia. I know if this happens, I will be killed. So I would ask you now to please pray today for Ahmad. I talked to Sammy on Thursday. He's still in his hotel room. He, um, with God's grace, will be freed from the oppression of his family, from the oppression of Islam. And Samuel believes one more thing, that he may just be the person that will lead his family to Christ. MCC is also exploring new opportunities to be in partnership. We are planning a mission trip in October to India, where we have three different ministries that we are going to explore working with. And we would just ask you to please pray for us. Pray that God will be clear, that he will give us discernment and wisdom as we explore these partnerships and make sure that we are being obedient to the steps that he lays before us. I'm going to shift gears now and come back and talk about MCC, our community here. Imagine an online community where MCC, the MCC congregation, can stay informed, connected, and move forward together. Imagine a place where you can learn about MCC events, access a picture directory, and keep up with all God is doing in and through our church. Imagine a place where you can sign up for a group, confidentially share prayer requests, and communicate with church friends. A place where you can give online, advertise your business, or search for a job. Soon, MCC will be launching an application called The City. It's an online application to enhance our ability to stay better connected and grow deeper together. Please watch this video.
The city will be offered to everyone who calls MCC home. It is a social network specifically designed for our church community, and it is already accelerating our sense of community with our groups. The application will host our church communication and will be the exclusive way that we communicate to the congregation will be through the city. This social network um, is also going to be a private network. You will have the ability to control your posts. For example, you can post a message or a prayer request and control who sees it. It could be a friend. It could be to your group. You can also control whether or not it is able to be shared. All group communication is confidential within the group. The city is a great way for group leaders to talk about the next lesson, to plan meeting dates and times, to arrange a pitch in dinner or a service opportunity, and continue the discussion for the late, from the latest group session. In addition, group members can freely initiate and participate in group discussion topics. Online giving is available in the city. You can check your giving history or initiate a new gift. There's a marketplace in the city where jobs will be posted. You can advertise your business. You can put up an item for sale, and the list goes on. So the city is going to be launched in a few weeks, and we hope all of you will not miss the opportunity to sign up. Jesus said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Engaging people to live and serve like Jesus. That's what we're about here at MCC. And in light of that, I have three questions I want you to consider. Not only today, but tomorrow, next week, next month. And the first is this. Who are you going to invite to our Easter services so that they can engage with Christ? Do you have a friend, family member, somebody that you work with? You've heard it all already, but you know what? Easter Sunday, that weekend is going to be radically different than any service I think you've been to before, frankly. We're partnering with our Epic Ministry, and it's going to be something that's visual, something that's experiential, something that is really going to impact the lives of people. So who are you going to invite? We want to engage people with Christ. Secondly, in order to help us live for Christ and live like Christ, what group are you in? We have a group's guide back at our Welcome Center. I want to encourage you, if you're not in a group, to check that out. We have a host of possibilities for you. Please avail yourself of that opportunity and get in a group. That's how we live for Christ. And then, where are you serving? Where are you serving? Within the walls here of our church? Where are you serving outside the walls of our church? You see, we are called by Christ in Matthew 4.19 and other spots in the New Testament to engage people to live and serve like Jesus. And once you engage with Christ, you then begin to live for Christ. And once you begin to live for Christ, you begin to serve others so that they can engage with Christ as well. And the circle just keeps going and going and going. You see, we are called to be disciples who make disciples, who then make disciples, who then make more disciples. That's what we're about here at MCC. So I want you to think about those questions. And for those who are members here, I want you to consider something else as well. Uh, inside your program, you see a ballot that's there. And we've been talking about these changes to our Constitution. Let me just highlight three reasons why we're making some changes here. First of all, we want to protect our religious liberties. We live in a culture and a climate right now in our country that is radically shifting. And we have an older constitution. We need to update this. And so that's one key reason. Secondly, we want to have faith tenets that help people outside the church to know what we're about. 
they can read this in an easy way to know what we stand for as a church. And thirdly, very practically speaking, we really want to align our fiscal year with our ministry year so that we're planning and budgeting things in the right way. Right now, we kind of launch in the fall. We get our new budget year kicks off in January. We want to line those things together. All these things we are doing so that we can better engage people to live and serve like Jesus. And so if you haven't voted yet, there's a basket in the back. You can cast your vote. Uh, if you have questions, you can go to the Welcome Center and ask Chuck Peck any questions that you have. But this is what we're about. I hope you're able to imagine now what it looks like for us to engage people with Christ, to live for Jesus, and to serve Him radically as we have this one life He's given us. And so in that light, will you stand with us now? And let's worship Him. Let's thank Him for what He's doing because it's through Him and by Him we're able to do all these things. Let's give Him the glory.